tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. My prayer today is these words will speak to you where you live and create lasting change. So I want to think about three words today that I think are critical to understanding love. And, you know, Pastor gave so many great examples of, of really how we're loved by God. And I think when, uh, you know, sin can dominate parts of our lives because we're not loved in that area. Love is not conquered. Uh, you know, insecurity or fear or uh, shame, these are places where love is void. And uh, when we're perfected in love in 1 John 4, 10 and 17, then we understand just how wanted we really are. Isn't that amazing? You ever try to buy a, a gift for somebody that has everything? It's really difficult, isn't it? Like my wife, she's so cute. She has to tell me what she wants for Christmas because I, I, I still, does yours too? I like, buy, I like buy a gift. She's like, that's nice. And, and then it's like, it stays there. But So now I've kind of learned. I was like, okay, honey, what do you want for Christmas? Kind of takes the fun out of it, but... Anyway, we're past the knick-knack stages, you know, the knick-knack stage where you get all these little trinkets around. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm all about function. If, it, if I don't use it, I lose it. I don't know. I'm a minimalist in that way, you know. Anyway, 2 Samuel 9, I want us to think about these three words. You ready? To be needed, to be wanted, and to be accepted. And I, I think knowing what these words really mean help us understand what love is. Because really, people can translate love in a very strange way. They may say this statement, if you love me, you would do this, okay? What is that? That is, a, that is not love, because God's love is unconditional. It's without strings, right? It is the love of God is the expectation is in God. And uh, so rejection can really be a hidden landmine in a person's life because they're afraid to step. They're afraid to start. They're afraid to speak because of the fear of failure or the fear of the past or a memory of the last time that it was done, I was somehow uh, belittled. I was somehow less than what was needed. Somehow the back was turned and or someone's need wasn't met. I mean, think about Christ on the cross when God turned his back on his son. That is the ultimate rejection I mean, I don't know if we can even comprehend that, and I think that was the most painful part of the cross. Yes, the physical was unbelievable. The mental, the emotional was unimaginable, but really it's the rejection. My God, my God, Psalm 22, why have you rejected me? And we understand that God wasn't rejecting his son uh, in any other way except he was rejecting the sin and that his son was the ultimate substitute so that today, because the son was rejected, 
we are forever accepted. Isn't that good? He was condemned so that we could be received. And it's, it's really amazing. He became sin who knew no sin so that we may be the righteousness of God. That's love. That is the love of God. Love isn't give me everything I want. You know, love is really uh, the person of Christ giving me what we really need. And that's, that's uh, you know, there's such humility in love. Isn't that true? There's such humility, such humility. So I want to think about 2 Samuel 9. So I was just fellowshipping with a brother recently, and we were talking about this word needed. And I think in the man's psyche, we are designed and feel great value if, they're, if we're needed. And I think this is why men, uh, they can be workaholics, because they find their niche and they find their, that they're needed. There's a demand for them. They're valuable. And so that's why maybe someone would give an inordinate amount of hours, sacrifice inordinate uh, ways, even sacrifice their own family to get things, to get status. Because in their mind, being needed is being loved, right? Now, we can balance this, of course, uh, to be needed to fulfill a role, uh, you know, is to be in demand is edifying. But what happens if you can't do what you could do? What happens when you can't perform? What happens when, in some cases, you could become irrelevant or obsolete? And that happens, right? That can happen. You know, just look at the Industrial Revolution, how technology uh, can take, take jobs and even just, we joke about um, old school, being old school, you know? But, you know, a person could enter into a midlife crisis because they're no longer needed. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? I used to laugh at that. I used to say, what's wrong with that person? But actually, that's a real thing. That's a real thing, isn't it? I, I personally have, uh, have experienced that to some degree. Uh, and uh, how about being wanted? I think in relationships, being wanted is very powerful, right? That's so powerful. So being wanted, to be desired, to be looking, uh, to, to be looked for, but there's a trap with that, too. Just like being needed is based on performance, so is being wanted. Who you are, I'm sorry, what you are is more important than who you are. Does that make sense? So what you are is more important than who you are. So all of us want to be wanted, right? And this is where we really see where love is because God doesn't need anything, but he wants us. That's shocking right there. And we really understand what it means to be wanted when we understand what it means to be accepted. Okay? So I want us to look at 2 Samuel 9 for a minute because Mephibosheth, this is one of my favorite stories, and we know that Mephibosheth was known as a lame shame, right? That was his name. He was dropped, and he was crippled, and he was, no, he was not very useful, right? He was an extra mouth to feed, really wasn't productive, wasn't really sought after. 
But I love what King David said. Is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Think about that. The relationship that David and Jonathan had, that love was now overflowing to, to, a, to, a, to a boy that was rejected, forsaken, thrown away, uh, really not so, uh, not so sought after on the barometer of, uh, <laughs> of like important people or people of influence, right? But David really understood that because of how he was accepted, as we heard last night in Ephesians 1, 6, we are accepted in the beloved. Therefore, he was able to want to reach out in love to someone that was rejected. Now, think about this for a minute. I hope this is coming out the way I'm thinking about it. But to be rejected, I mean, when a man, and a woman for that matter, I don't want to make this a gender thing, but when a man is rejected, a man retreats. There is an insecurity that, that okay, I'm no longer wanted here, so I'm going to go find another place where I'm wanted or needed, right? So that retreating happens, and I think what happens is uh, there is a great uh, stigma that enters the man's heart. And not only does he retreat, but he becomes angry. He becomes defensive, and he becomes reactionary. So I think a lot of this, what we're seeing in our day and age today, is because in some way uh, there's things festering in someone's lives, like an unresolved conflict in someone's life. Things that have not been resolved or given over to Jesus Christ will make us angry, by the way. Whatever's not given to Christ, 2 Timothy 2.12, whatever desire, whatever thought we thought think should happen, if we don't give it over to Christ, it will, it'll fester. It'll be like that cauldron that simmers, boils, and then the pot blows off, and then it's a raging, un, you know, a raging, burning mess. But Mephibosheth, I, I love this story because, you know, he seeks him out, and Mephibosheth, don't, don't you love what he says? He's like, what would you want with me? I'm a dead dog. I mean, isn't that such a, an interesting response? The king has summoned you. He, he brought his man there to, to, to summons you into his presence, uh, to summons him into a place of favor. And then that rejection complex comes out. What's wrong with me? You know, I, you know, I am like a dead dog. Uh, we can see that here uh, in verse 6. Here is your servant. 7, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore you to all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continuously. Now, just comprehend this with me because it's, it's so precious because love hurdles the wall of rejection. Love, and I was thinking about how the shepherd always moves at the speed of love. The shepherd, you know, it's said that a shepherd walks about three miles an hour so the sheep can stay with him, so the sheep can keep up with him. You get those little stubby legs, you know, big bodies and stubby legs, you know. <laughs> so he, he's moving at the speed of love. And that's how we, that's how God handles us, isn't it? We can be like Mephibosheth. We can be a lame shame. There can be something that is uh, causing us to retreat or to back off. 
How about our past, right? Our failure. How about a projection? How about something where uh, an, unresol uh, an, an unresolved conflict or um, a unmet expectation, right? How many relationships do we know, even in our own life, where there's disappointment? My brother, he and I were talking. Uh, we were at the breakfast table the other day, and he just said, you know, he said, in the valley of disappointment, God often makes the man. I thought that to myself. In the valley of disappointment, God often makes the man. And what does that mean? It may not happen, probably will not happen the way we think. Because we can be idealists, right? But love is a realist. <laughs> love is just pouring out regardless of performance. Love is pouring out regardless of fitting in or not, but it is a place where God is graciously bestowing. And I want to look at this, that word accepted, being accepted in the beloved. And, uh, and if you look at that word in Ephesians 1, 6, it's the, it comes from the word charis. It comes from the word grace. That literally the word uh, being accepted in the beloved to the praise of the glory of, of grace literally means that we are objects of His grace. And therefore, because of Christ, because God is pleased with His Son, we are accepted in the Beloved. Never to be forsaken, never to be condemned, never to be rejected. And this is why uh, looking for love outside of Christ is so destructive. We look for it in people or things or in the wrong places. And guess what? You know, we get mishandled, right? We, uh, we get, uh, you know, things can, it cannot reciprocate love. It's like it, it becomes a destructive thing because we're insatiable people. Aren't you insatiable? You know, we want more, right? That's why my last name's more now. We want more. We want more, more. And it's like that's just the way we are. And sin just makes us more thirsty. It makes us more hungry for the wrong things. But we're satisfied in the love of God. We're satisfied. And this in 1 John 3, 1 Oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He literally crowns us with his love. So think about Mephibosheth, okay? Here's Mephibosheth. He's before the king. wonder what's going through his mind. Okay, I'm finally going to be punished for what my grandfather did. I'm finally, the king is finally going to give, uh, give me the wrath, wrath. But what does love do? Love casts out fear. Love casts out torment. Love casts out uh, our performance, our ledger, our offenses. Colossians chapter, uh, chapter 2, we see that he removes all the ordinances or all the things that were against us, and he makes us brand new. Well, okay, let's think about this word accepted. Think about this. We are accepted in the beloved. We are wanted today. We're not... God says, I don't need you, but I want you. It's a, it's a whole nother thing, right? I need you for as long as you can perform my expectation. Okay, that's nice, okay? That's great. But when I can't do it, guess what? People are thrown away, and it happens every day. And that's why that illustration last night was so powerful. I just, I, it just broke me in half when you're in a place where it's perfect, right? And you got all the, you know, those kids. Like, we used to visit orphanages in the Ukraine, and Everything was so neat and orderly, and they were like, they were uh, trained how to handle people so that they would be accepted, because 
maybe people that would come would want to adopt them. So they would be on their best, best, best behavior, you know? And it would just break your heart because you just look at them and they're just so precious. And, uh, but when pastor would, saying they would look at the door, have you ever been in a situation like that, an, an older folks home maybe? They're just like, they're waiting for their family member or they're waiting for someone that really knows, loves, and accepts them. And the, the things, the, the quality of life is nice, but it doesn't meet the deep need of the heart, and that's to be loved by God. And uh, so think about Mephibosheth. Here he is, and he's expecting wrath, but he gets kindness. And, you know, if you look at Mephibosheth's history, he eats at the king's table and his family for the rest of his life. This wasn't just a one-time deal. And we all know the story, but I love He's at the table, and his crippledness is hidden under the table of grace. It's no longer, Mephibosheth, what happened to you. It's no longer, Mephibosheth, what you can't do. It's no longer uh, rejection. Man, if you only could do this, or if you worked harder here, or man, if you just were like your brother or your sister or you're like your uncle, it's none of that. It's you're accepted at the king's table. And that's, the, that's a huge, that is a huge privilege. All right. So the word accepted, I love it. We're objects of grace. We're objects of favor. We're objects of the love of God. Galatians 4.28 says we're children of promise. That's why when we look around today, and I've got to be honest, I am disheartened by what I see uh, and, uh, but when I read Galatians 4.28, I say, hey, I'm a child of promise. And the promises of God never fail. So guess what? First Kings 8.56, no matter what the landscape is or the environment, God will never fail, and nor does his love. So let the heathen rage, and they are raging, and they're raging. And I'd like to use some words here that I can't use. <laughs> but let them rage, because you know what? It does not diminish the love of God. I love that does not diminish the love of God. Um, so as we close today, I was thinking of Ecclesiastes 3.11. Let's look at that verse, Ecclesiastes 3.11. So really, we're all Mephibosheths, right? Right? We call each other Miffy. I don't know. What, what's a short way of saying Mephibosheth? Huh, Pastor Sturge? Meph? Meph? <laughs> Meph, <laughs> Phoebe. Okay, that's better. Thanks. That, that's a safer. <laughs> All right, Ecclesiastes 3.11. So this is the relationship with God and his son. That love we learn in John 17 is the same relationship that God has with you and I. That is awesome. So we're accepted. We belong. We fit. One writer said, if someone doesn't fit, then nobody fits. He writes this about the church. If someone in your church doesn't fit, then guess what? Nobody really fits. But, but in the plan of God, because of the love of God, everyone fits. Everyone belongs. Okay, where's Ecclesiastes? Someone took it out of my Bible here. Okay. Ecclesiastes 3.11. This is so good. Is this making sense today? I'm encouraged by this, right? Because uh, 
Because God says, you know what, my love, when I'm conquered by Calvary's love, there's such boldness, there's such courage, there's such a carefree spirit, right? 311, um, and I want us to think of it in a fresh way. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has put eternity in their heart. He's put eternity in their heart. And I thought, okay, eternity. You know, we've said that a lot of ways. Okay, we can say that we were designed for God. We were designed to know God. But really, eternity, we, God has put his love in us. We were designed to be loved unconditionally. That's the way we're made. So in relationships where there's rejection or there's uh, misguided expectations or there is um, we get in the fleshly plane of wanting to be needed, God says, listen, you could never earn. You could never manipulate your way to be needed as much as you're designed to be, but you're even greater. You are wanted. You are wanted. <laughs> I don't know. That really just strikes me because... I was talking with his brother, and he was sharing about his relationship with his dad and how he often would try to get time with his dad. And his dad was always busy, always doing something. And this kid grew up without the validation of his dad. And then what happened is as he grew up as a teenager, he was a re just a rebellious person, just reactionary. And you meet these guys in jail, over 80%, the number is even higher, of uh, men that grew up without a, a strong relationship with their dad and or a man that's looking for nurturing from his mother. And this is why they have all these relationships. They're, they're, they're baby mamas for all these. Why? Because they're looking to, to be nurtured and they are insatiable because they never really connected with the love of God. And, and so violence and anger and destruction are the acting out because there's not the quality of love like we heard last night, that God says, I accept you. Not only, not only is it about being needed, it's much greater. It's you're wanted. And thank God this brother got saved, and his life got turned around, and he realized that nobody loves me like Jesus, he said. Nobody cares for me like Jesus. And that, that void in his life, and it's interesting uh, the void, love fills these voids. Because what happens when pressure happens, when there's just air that's compressed and under heat? And what happens? Things just become an explosive, right? Things come apart, really. Uh, but when that void is filled with love, bitterness, rage, malice, uh, all these, the root of bitterness in 1215 of Hebrews, it's conquered by love. What does a person need? And we know this, to be loved by God, right? It's interesting. We, we had a, we had a um, and we're going on here a little bit, but um, I, we had a, a foreign student in our house for the past three years from Chengdu, China. And uh, my wife and I uh, just ministered, and she was like, she's like a daughter. She, she actually just moved back to China. And, um, and we just, uh, you know, you know, you just try to act out your faith. You just, just, because words don't have a context until they see a demonstration, really. So people cannot really love unless they love to the measure that they're loved. That's kind of how it goes, right? So anyway, with this young girl, um, you know, we just served her. And we, of course, we shared our faith with her. Of course, we lived our life without 
restriction before. And in the last, uh, we didn't realize she was going to go home to China so quickly, but uh, in the last month, she says, you know what, I want a Bible. She like, asked us for a Bible. And if you know anything about the Chinese culture, uh, that is very unusual. They are, they're like interest, they're incredible people. Like, uh, you know, they will watch you for a year or two before they actually believe you. That happens a lot in the churches. Uh, when we were over there, <laughs> we would meet people that have been in the church for two and three years and get, they would get saved. Like we did a conference over there, a lady got saved and their hus- his, the husband came up to me and he says, I've been praying for my wife for two years and today she got saved. And like, what is that? That's the consistent demonstration of love. But where am I going with this? So this young girl, um, she, uh, you know, she asked for a Bible. And then uh, another sister in the Lord gave her uh, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Anybody read that book? That is awesome book. That is like incredible. So we're praying. We're praying that the love of God produces the change in this young lady's life. So we get a call from her in Chengdu, and it's a city that Pastor Mike has on his heart, but the family has invited us there to, to and I don't know how we're going to do that and if that's ever going to happen, but love does the impossible work, right? Like love softened that atheistic, naive, the, the ignorance. Unfortunately, atheism is either purposed ignorance or... Uh, or what's the other, not purpose, intentional ignorance or unintentional ignorance, like I guess we could say. But anyway, love really, really softened her heart. And she was hugging my wife as, as she brought her to the airport. And that's also very unusual for a Chinese person to show emotion. They have to be very in control. And uh, that's what love did. Love just broke the person down, you know, in the right sense. It kept, it makes them soft. So that really spoke to me that, that just like Mephibosheth, and no matter what condition, no matter what history, no matter what experience, love is saying, I've put something in your heart. I've made you in my image to be loved by me. That's eternity in your heart. That, like, that's how it translated to my mind. I've put eternity in your heart. I've made you to be loved by me. And until that happens, we don't live. We don't live. People have a life, but do they really live? They don't, they're not alive until they're loved by God. So anyway, a lot said here. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for these thoughts, and thank you today that, um, that you were rejected and forsaken and condemned so that we would never be. Thank you, Lord. Help us to reflect and demonstrate that love to the unlovely. It's amazing. Your arms are stretched out to the evil and the unthankful, all day long, you are there loving. And uh, we just want to learn that love and receive that love again and again. And uh, Father, thank you that we're wanted today. That is such an incredible thought. Accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord. We're understood. We belong. We fit. And that causes great confidence uh, today. And we just give you the praise in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.